Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi everyone. This is uh, this is Reese. Um, we're about six months into to twenty twenty two or something like that. Um, so uh, we're we're just going to take a little short break for a couple of weeks. We we last time we had a break was during the exhaustion that came straight out, out after Wafakag, and um, we uh, we're both in a position with uh, with with life and with work where uh, just a couple of weeks, just a little rest from us. Um, and uh, we we thought we didn't want to we didn't want to leave you hanging for too long, uh, and also we also wanted to upsell uh, Canada is boring our premium secret podcast that is only accessible to patrons by playing you an episode uh, from behind the paywall, um, which is the Gimli Glider, which is a crazy story. And if you haven't heard it, you need to hear this story. Um, and and the good news is you can for free just this once. So we'll be back in a, in a few weeks, but in the meantime, you can uh, you can enjoy this premium content that is being delivered for free. Uh, it's a kind of a form of communism, uh, if if you if you will. Um, but you know, um, it's a politics show. So, what did you expect? Just climb down, baby. Per capita export value. Libraries. Minister, are you embarrassed by your behavior today? There's a lot of bleeding hearts around. Do you have the fortitude or the gonads to stand up and come across here and say that to me, you son of a bitch? Just watch me. He certainly went too far, Mr. Speaker, when he st- I saw him stick his tongue out. Contemptuous disregard. More than a slab of bacon talking here. The disappointment you also feel is my responsibility. 
I lost my temper. What is the nature of your thoughts? The word was F-A-R-T. So I thought we'd do a uh, uh, patrons only episode first. Sure, yeah. So do you want to say hello to the patrons, Jesse? Are we, are we, is this part of the episode? Is this no, story? well, it could be. It depends if it's funny or not. At the moment, I don't feel it is. Okay. Um. Well, it, <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it is. Take it back now. <laughs> maybe this is part of the episode. Hello, patrons. Hello, patrons. Hello. Oh, you want to be back so patrons? What are you, what are you doing? You're, you're taking my, you're stealing Sorry. my thunder, man. Sorry. Fuck. I mean, it's pretty easy. There's not a lot of it. The fuck's going on, patrons? Love to see you. You're, you're doing great. I just picture all of our patrons kind of like hanging out in this one room. Like, I know, I know they're like some kind of living. exclusive club, which yeah, is really like, of. but like a basement room with like dim lighting <laughs> and like a single table up against the wall with like some stale donuts and coffee and the lights water are all over the floor. Yeah. And like the lights are flickering overhead and water's <laughs> on the floor, dirty water. And they're just kind of shivering in the corner waiting for us to release an episode. Yeah. Oh, I know, you're, you're like, Reese, Reese, did you feed the patrons this month? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, let me just get a bucket of fish heads. <laughs> I'll throw them down. No, I, I mean, that's not a nice way to think of the people who actually pay to support our show. Because we I think know. you're awesome. <laughs> we love you. Actually, guys. it's more. Like, just... It's more. The basement is more like a penthouse suite, and we're bringing up buckets of the, ice the, cream the, the drenched is, in caviar. The basement room is supposed to be representative of us. Yeah, not yeah. It's not you, a reflection of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a reflection of us and what we're giving you. <laughs> Thank you for making me making me clarify that, Reese. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking like, patrons. Yeah, God. That's it. I'm not going to support these pricks anymore. Who do you think they are? <laughs> I've got a four bedroom house in Windsor, Ontario. <laughs> or whatever. I was a. I went to a, sh- a weird ass basement club once in Toronto, or a weird a- ass basement club. It was a weird ass basement. Yeah, thank you for putting the emphasis on ass for me. I've never been to one I of those. I didn't but... put it there, but you knew it belonged there, so I'm glad yeah. you did that. Thank you very much. No problem. What did you do at the weird ass basement club? So I thought it was like me and my me and my buddy Ted. We thought it was chaps. Like, <laughs> well, we thought it was like an acting club, right? For actors who wanted to get into acting in Toronto. When we were in our 20s and we didn't really know anybody, any connections, we're like, oh, acting. Let's go. Yeah, let's go meet other actors. They can get us connected in the biz and whatnot. That sounds fun. And they're like, you brought, gotta bring food. And they didn't really specify. And we're like, is this like a potluck or something? So we like got this giant platter of, I think, sandwiches. I forget, but it was a really big platter of food. And we brought it with us because we wanted to impress. And then there was, we got there and it's just kind of like, just picture that basement with the weird water and the flickering overhead lights sort of thing. Kind of maybe a little nicer than that. And we put our platter of food down to like a single box of Timbits and I think like a bottle of Sprite. And we're like, oh, God, we spent like $35 on this platter of sandwiches. Okay, fine, whatever. And it turns out it wasn't for actors like they advertised it was. It was for extras. Extras who have had no acting experience, no acting education, and had no aspirations of doing anything but extra work. And they sat down at tables and they and they were very happy with our sandwiches. Very, very happy with our sandwiches. Because otherwise all they'd have to eat was dirty basement water uh with some licking dirty basement off. Lick the lick the pipes, there's mineral buildup. And and they they (laughs) Jesus (laughs) Christ. Like a goat in a cave. <laughs> yep. And they just sat around talking about 
how like the coolest well, being a background extra being a background extra and like oh i saw brad pitt turn a corner once and he kind of looked at me but he might have been looking past me i don't know but still neat and we were just like oh <laughs> god and so like but and we were really thinking about leaving because we're like oh, but we traveled really far and we were hungry and we spent a lot of money and so we just kind of wanted to eat our own sandwiches and like just kind of get our money's worth before like leaving this really depressing like church basement and and but then karaoke was starting oh oh we gotta stay for karaoke like okay film background extra karaoke the special kind so so we got up and we sung the golden girls theme song um (laughs) which is and uh, then somebody stood up and was like i was an extra in the golden (laughs) (laughs) no no i altered the I altered the, the lyrics. It was a really awful thing for me to do, but I was a young 20-year-old prick. Uh, it was, uh, you know, the, the Golden Girls theme song. Um, what I is don't. it? Um, dun, 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 dun. Thank you for being a friend. Dun, 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 dun. You know that song? Yeah. Yeah? You don't, do you? I, no, I, 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 it rings a bell, but I'll Does be it? honest. I'm, I wasn't, I'm not a big Golden Girls, um, like, fan. Oh, oh well. <laughs> anyway, I, I changed the lyrics to bum, 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 you don't have any friends dun, 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 dun. how did the rest go i know this um, did they did they, they try and kill you no they tried to correct me while i was singing it classic background extra kind of it's uh, pretty extra. fun watching you <laughs> it's pretend really, it's really funny it's really fun watching you pretend people avoid you as if you were the Asian plague. I don't know. I made that up when I was 20. It's probably horribly racist, but that's just the way it the was. The Asian plague. I don't even know if it was a thing. It just popped into my head. And then it was like, if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, ooh, ooh, it'd be as fun as watching, watching dirt dry in the sun. And we'd all drive by and scream, you don't have any friends. And like, while I'm singing this, people are like me on but like other people on the like the karaoke guy with the microphone is leaning in with every single fucking misspoken sentence trying to correct me like oh no these are the words look there's a tv right in front of you with the correct words like he didn't get it that i was like making up my own version of the song and anyway, it's really funny we, we made fun of them and then we left <laughs> we <were little> shits. Um, <laughs> wow. hi patrons there's your there's your extra special patron intro there we go this is the episode we're done we're six minutes we're in. done yeah <laughs> about jesse going to a basement singing incorrect karaoke to insult people who were just trying to connect with the like-minded people i was um, a prick when i was younger i think we all were i did some terrible things you i, I can't I picture drunk. you doing terrible things mainly when i was drunk I can't picture you drunk and being ter- doing terrible things. I could just—I've never seen you drunk, for one. I, I, do you know what? I—I I used to—I used to drink a lot, and well, you're well. Kind of, so like, yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's the culture. It is the culture. It's very similar. I mean, as much as I make fun of you, like that is no, no, it's, the culture. It's, it like, is it is very similar to the Irish culture. I used to go out Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, and then we'd be out at lunchtime on a Sunday and drink from like like noon till they like, closed, pretty much at nine. Sorry, say that again. I'd be out drinking uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and then most of the day on Sunday. Jesus, Reese. I know. That's impressive. Well, it's, and, you- and, I, and although now the problem is, is it's expensive for me to get drunk. I might, I've, I've toughened my liver up so much that I could, if I go out for a drink and everything, it's, it's very hard to get drunk after all that practice. Oh, now I want to try with you. Now, <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to see what um, things but, you get up to. So we just do we stupid just, stuff. We just, we, we told some very personal 
very cool stories to our patrons. Like I'm thinking like, oh man, this would be really great for like, you know, our, our main feed, but like, nope. This Fuck is for our, they don't like, pay for our, it. These they don't pay for it. These do. guys do. No. Yeah. These are like these our basement, tiny personal. These basement dwellers do. <laughs> <laughs> You're like our own personal therapy group. Thanks guys. Yeah, we yeah. love you. This yeah, is yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so do you want to, should we do it? You, pay, do, you pay for the good stuff. I know they paid for <clears throat> nearly 10 minutes of stories from our lives. Um, should, 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 we, should we give them some premium content? I'm looking forward to it, baby. Because your premium content, you know why I'm looking forward? I always look forward to the Patreon stories. Do you know why? Because it's nothing we, to do with politics. Because it's nothing to do with politics. This is just, you're gonna like this one. I really this, this like. I'm not kidding. I still two years later <laughs> don't like politics. Um, <laughs> sorry, if you can hear noise, is because my, my dog Rosie is uh, playing with a Kong, the dog Kong that I've stuffed with peanut butter biscuits to keep her entertained while we record. <laughs> Okay. So, little insight. She's good. She's doing well. Anyway, um, this episode is all about the Gimli Glider. Have you heard of the Gimli Glider? I haven't. Uh, it's not a dwarf curious. who can fly. <laughs> um, so oh. this 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 story is insane. It's one of those things where something happens and you go whoa, and then something happens and you go what, and then something else happens and then something else happens, and it just keeps being like these insane. Um, chance things that lead to a it'd make a great film there's so many twists i mean this is going to be full of spoilers if they do but it's still good okay so uh july the 22nd 1983 an air canada boeing 767 Guan, c-g-a-u-n um Guan was the name of name of the, the airplane model it was a new model airplane and not a lot of the crew were familiar with it it was a new 767 passenger plane um, and it was going uh, undergoing routine checks in in Edmonton uh, before it took off, full of passengers. <clears throat> so the the technician found a defective FQIS. Oh, now, those fucking FQISs! But now I, I was like, oh yeah, FQIS. Everybody knows what that is. Just in case you don't know, I knew this. I didn't have to look it up, of course. <laughs> so uh, this is straight from your memory. What you're about? Oh to yeah, yeah. We did this in school when I was like three. Um, right. The fuel quantity indicating system, mm, FQIS. So it basically, just, it measures how much fuel you've got. The right. It's so the, the fuel gauge. It wasn't working. So um, he he disabled a defective channel in it. I don't know whether they were like two channels. He disabled the defective channel and then put the entry in the logbook ready. So, so the next morning, the captain and the co-pilot were told about the problem. Um, so and because it was playing up, they did a dipstick reading to get a second measurement of how much fuel it was. And then it's my they favorite party game. I know. <laughs> dipstick reading. Yeah. It's, it's like, like cold. It's, it's like it's like it's like a you know like, like a ten o'clock at night at like, the gang. It's like a tarot reading. Like a, a few like good pints in you. Oh, it's, it's, oh, no, oh no, no. Jimmy's bringing out the dipsticks. Oh, yeah. oh, a dipstick reading is like it's like tarot, but instead of cards, they dip. They put a dipstick in you, and then they look <laughs> at the pattern to, to read your future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> End over, please. <laughs> ah, Jesus, someone's going to win the lottery next month. <laughs> Have to add the sound effects. Did you? Well, really? it's, I didn't. It's an audio medium. You've got to be visual. So, <laughs> um, so we converted the dipstick reading, and this is the process they had to go. This just to measure the fuel because that thing wasn't working. Uh, they had to convert it from centimeters to liters to kilograms um, to check that it agreed with it uh, worked out with the last reading, and it was all fine. So the plane flew from Edmonton to Toronto, and then Montreal, and everything was fine. Um, and then 
At Montreal, Captain Bob Pearson and his first officer, Maurice Quintal, took over the aeroplane for a flight to Ottawa and then Edmonton. Um, and, and they um, didn't bother telling them about the dip. No, they did. They did tell them. So uh, they, they told them it, there was an issue with it. And Pearson, the captain, decided he was going to get enough fuel to fly from Edmonton without refueling in Ottawa. So he was going Montreal, Ottawa, Edmonton. He was like, ah, fill me up. I'll be good for the run. Um, and also have some of that delicious looking beef jerky. Thank you. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> what year was this, by the way? 1983. Okay. So um, the the technician there read the logbook um, and he was waiting for the field truck and he enabled the defective channel and was, was then distracted by the arrival of a field truck. Bearing in mind that his job must be hanging out around field trucks all the time. So he must have loved his job. <laughs> if he was... <laughs> Another field trip. That's the 186 this month. <laughs> Rings his wife. that down in my journal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sorry, Pearson uh, entered in, in the cockpit, and because that had been enabled, it looked like the, it gave it an incorrect reading. I don't quite understand it because it's really detailed. So then he did his conversion from centimeters to liters and kilograms. However, he, he also did a miscalculation. Um, so it was an, a mixture of the thing wasn't working and then he had slightly wrong information and then he miscalculated um, because he did he did it in pounds rather than liters or kilograms or something like that. Anyway, every, what could possibly uh, go wrong? Uh, exactly, exactly. So anyway, they were they were good to go um, or, or they thought they were good to go. So they flew to Ottawa. Everything was From, fine. Somewhere again. Uh, from Montreal. Okay, Montreal to and, Ottawa. And then they did the dipstick again. They did another reading. Um and because uh, because of the readings were wrong, they thought it had enough fuel to reach Edmonton, so they didn't put any any but more dipstick in. reading is, I mean, that doesn't really. You're just sticking a, a dipstick in and checking the the level of fuel. Like that should should be able to say like, okay, there's this much fuel. Like it's not. Yeah, know. I know, I know, but it, it didn't work that way for some reason. So they were flying to Ottawa. They were flying from Ottawa to Edmonton, and they didn't have enough fuel. That was the the gist of it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. They were cruising at 41,000 feet. That's very at, high. At, at about 8 p.m. It's pretty high. I can't jump that high. I've tried. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the kids wake up first thing in the morning. Mommy, yeah. what's what's Daddy doing in the front yard? Oh, he's he's doing his thing. What what is he doing? No, oh, he's trying to jump forty one thousand feet, hon. Just go back yeah. to bed, and you're just out there <laughs> <laughs> for hours. Just I will defeat you, gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it, it was cru- it was cruising over red red sorry. <laughs> so it, it was cruising over Red Lake, Ontario. <laughs> Gravity. <laughs> I'm gonna be giggling about that for a while. That's a- <laughs> ah, okay. So <laughs> So, so um, they were cruising over Red Lake, Ontario, forty-one thousand feet higher than anyone could jump, and the, <laughs> the aircraft's cockpit warning system sounded. So, saying there was a fuel pressure problem on the left side, and it, the fuel pump had failed. So they turned the alarm off um, <laughs> because if they can't hear the alarm, there's no problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like when you put a bit of tape over the engine warning light on your car. Um, so uh, they, they thought that it might be something to do because the engine was gravity fed. Um, so they were like, oh, it's, it's fine. And then a few seconds later, the, the, the alarm also went on the other engine too. So um, uh, on the engine, sorry. And then it, so they, they were like, oh, we should probably go to Winnipeg. Let's divert to Winnipeg. Um, I mean, it's the only reason anyone's ever come up with to go there, but let's do it. <laughs> I'm joking. We love you, Winnipeg. Um, Reese loves you. Uh, within seconds, I think, I think you're just okay. <laughs> so no, the right en- right engine had failed, and then seconds later, after they decided to go to Winnipeg, the left engine failed. Um, so they were pre- they were preparing for a single engine landing, and then they realized they had no engines. Jesus. Um, so they were talking to the controllers in Winnipeg to say, "Hey, was this? A, was this hold on, I, I got to ask: Was this like a cargo plane, a passenger plane? Passenger plane. Passenger 60, Sixty-one people on board. Oh my god. Okay." Um, so they started to let the controllers know, um, and, uh, in Winnipeg, uh, and then also there was, um, the, the end, the, because it was a new plane, it started making lots of weird noises, like a sharp bong, um, which, um, no one had heard before cause they were pretty new to it. So, so a what? A sharp bong. A sharp bong. Can you yeah. put one in, in 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 post for us to? Okay, I'll just see if I find a sharp bong in three, two, one. There we go. Um, and then, <laughs> so uh, they were now flying without all engines. So they were pretty much gliding. They had they were forty one thousand feet in the air, no engines, nowhere near Edmonton. Yeah, they were like they were still in Ontario, heading for Winnipeg, um, and. The amazing thing about this airplane was that the electricity on board was generated by the engines running. So it meant they no longer had electricity. Oh my God, what? <laughs> I know. So it was one of the first airliners to have an electronic flight instrument system. So it meant everything was operating and only a few like um, very basic flight instruments were battery powered. <gasps> oh my so, God. So the engines are off. The electricity was off. Every all the like they, yeah, they had yeah. no readings. <laughs> they were flying in the dark. Oh, was it daytime or nighttime? Did it say um, it was eight p.m.? So I guess it could. It was probably getting dark. What no, no. Time I think, of year? I think, what time of year was it? It was eight p.m. So uh, <laughs> not a time of year. In, oh no, it was, <laughs> it was July. It was July, so it was probably still light. It was still a summer's, light. Okay. summer's evening. So, yeah. um, 
so they yeah so they <laughs> they had a few so they had very basic information they had enough to land the aircraft um but they didn't have things like a um a vertical speed indicator so they could work out how far they could glide so they had didn't have the what they needed to work it out to work out how far if they could reach winnipeg um and also um the the a lot it was because it was a new plane it had electronic panels so all the panels went if it was an old one with the old dials they would have been okay um and then the other thing that happened was holy fuck uh, it also had insane it also had uh hydraulic you know like you have power steering on a car that makes steering a little bit easier like old cars turn a steering wheel was really hard um but it was like power assisted they had hydraulic systems that multiplied the forces applied by the pilots who made it easier to operate the plane well they were electronic so <laughs> so even just operating the plane it was dark they had no engines and turning the steering wheel or the operating the plane was hard because everything was like super heavy oh my god um the, the shit you find man is unreal i love this story i think this is amazing so um, if history everyone, died, was joking, like no. this <laughs> I'm joking. Oh my god! Yeah, everybody died. Yeah, everybody died. <laughs> so, do you know, they, they, luckily they had a thing called a ram air turbine, which is, is is almost like something from like James Bond. There's a little wind turbine that pops out the side of the plane that creates enough power to give them a tiny bit of extra control of the hydraulic systems. So they were lucky enough to have this thing. They popped it out. This little wind turbine stuck out the side, um, and then um, what is it? Hold on, explain this again. So, like a hatch opens on the side of the plane. Yeah. And a little, you know, like you see wind turbines, right? yeah. big ones. A little one of those pops out and it generates electricity from the plane moving. Hold on a second. Wait. So, you're telling me that they thought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In the event that we lose engines, we know damn well the plane will be a giant brick flying through the sky, hurtling through the sky with no electronic instruments. And instead of just putting batteries in the plane, no, no, we're going to have a hatch open up in the side with a wind turbine coming out so that you can then have electricity. That's what they thought of. It's a renewable renewable batteries. (laughs) No batteries. Fuck that. We're putting in a wind turbine. Also, batteries, batteries were rubbish back then. I remember having a Walkman in the 80s. Oh, that's true. Last like oh, 30, yeah, that's... 30 minutes tops. But even still, like, why not? Yeah, okay. It's still, that's hilarious, yeah. though. That's hilarious. Wow. So, okay. but now, so, so far, they hadn't had a lot of luck. It's safe to say. Um, yeah. But But there was something that was, uh, I would consider, massive luck. And that was Captain Pearson... So, so just you know, commercial pilots aren't usually trained to glide commercial flights, but Captain Pearson was an experienced glider pilot, so he had a bunch. No. Of, so he, he was really familiar with like flying techniques that were almost never used in his profession. That's amazing. <laughs> so all he needed to do was work out where the closest he believed he could glide it with that little power from his little turbine um so the the co-pilot then just used good old-fashioned uh, arithmetic to work out how far they could go based on a guess of the speed they were traveling um and like the how fast they were falling all these different things and they, they, they calculated whether they could reach winnipeg or not and they couldn't oh wow so, what Luckily, they realized that there was a, a former um, 
RCAF station in Gimli, which is a closed Air Force base that had once once served as because he once served as a pilot in the Royal Canadian Air Force, so he knew there was a base closer with an air, a full airstrip they could land on. Fucking amazing! All right, so I'm in um, So they had luck, and then. So they had a, they had bad luck, bad luck, bad luck, bad luck, good luck, good luck. You know, I know how to glide. Great. I I remember an old airbase I used to hang out at. And then more bad luck. So um, <laughs> the, what? What happens now? So the 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 abandoned airstrip was now a racetrack and <laughs> called Gimli Motorsports Park. And, and, and the Canadian Automobile Sport Club was having a, uh, a Winnipeg Sports Car Club meetup. Uh, so there was a big festival and event happening on the runway. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, and they of, had no like. There's no way for them to contact anyone. They didn't no, they had no idea. And, and also, satellite phones or, or and even if they did, they had no electricity. Well, I guess and also they couldn't hear it come in because the engines aren't running. Essentially, it's a silent <laughs> plane falling from the sky. <laughs> So, so the runway was full of cars and campers. I and swear to God, Reese, you don't, you, 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 like, none of this is true. None of this. No, you this don't research. You, you just wait until the kids go to bed. You kiss your wife goodnight. And then you take <laughs> out your little stash of peyote, okay, and you walk into the woods and you trip fucking balls. And then you come up with this shit. You write it down. You're like, guess what I found out? This really happened. Yeah. No, I don't buy this. Is, all right. Continue. Continue your so marvelous you peyote yourself. story. So, so without main power, the pilots... Uh, obviously, were they use gravity to drop the landing gear and lock it into place, um, but the nose wheel at the front didn't. So the aircraft uh, slowed on the way down because the, um, the what the nose what the the so you know the you know when a plane lands it has landing gear come down so there's two wheels at the back and one at the front yeah you're saying so the, the wheel at the, front the two at the back down? came down no it didn't it was stuck oh and also God. because because they were slowing down to uh, land it meant the air turbine created less energy which meant it was even harder to steer Uh, um, at which which point they realized they were coming in too fast and too high and too fast um and they were probably going to come off the runway and they consider the pilots briefly considered a 360 turn in (gasps) midair to reduce speed and altitude so they were going to spin around to slow it down what but they realized they didn't have enough space, like altitude, for the oh, maneuver. Damn it, that would have been amazing. <laughs> I know. It's like, maybe, I tell you what, if in doubt, do a 360. Right. That before, so. <laughs> so, Pearson decided to, to, to execute a forward slip to increase drag and reduce altitude. What is so that? You cross over the controls, so apply in the rudder in run direction. I don't know, something you do. Gliders use it to descend more quickly, but without increasing um, forward speed. So you don't go faster, but you do drop faster, if you see what I mean. Okay. Um, so you don't move forward, you just move down at a faster pace. And in, no one has, is almost never used in jet airliners um, in, outside of circumstances like this. So it's not a very well known or very used. Um, so I'm at the edge of my fucking seat, man. <laughs> <laughs> so because the plane, as I said, the plane was hurtling down towards the racetrack. Um, and people had no warning. So the two pilots, as they were bombing towards this ra- this, this, <laughs> this um, a runway that was now a racetrack, they noticed two boys riding bicycles a thousand feet oh away. Oh my God, man. <laughs> this is like a fucking Jerry Bruckheimer movie. I know. Okay? Like, this, you can't... And Captain, Captain Pearson later said that the boys were so close he could see the terror on their faces <laughs> as they realized a large aircraft was like dropping on the sky. 
in front of them. Oh my god. But then they got lucky. So um two things kind of stopped the disaster. The failure of the front landing gear to lock meant that the the um uh, there was a guardrail on the track that they hit that slowed them down that was being used for drag racing because the nose was dragging on the front. A guardrail. Um, like just a what do you mean I, like like a you know like a guardrail around the edge of a racetrack like a wooden like a, a metal guardrail to stop people going off the track oh it actually, oh, it actually yeah, okay. helped slow them um and then the, the um and the nose also slamming in the ground scraped along the ground and the friction helped slow the airplane and they just missed the the crowds oh my god um <laughs> and it came to a final stop on the ground 17 minutes after it ran out of fuel <laughs> Oh my God! They were they were without engines, just float, just not floating, gliding for seventeen minutes. Yeah, and then crash landed at that airbase. Unbelievable! <laughs> so all sixty-one passengers were fine, like just minor injuries. Um, Captain Pearson was demoted for six months. Demoted. Um, and first officer. He saved was, everybody. What the fuck? I think, I think it was because of it was like a big accident, new plane, and also like the the circumstances of working out the fuel intake was wrong. So I think they were like while they were investigated. I, I think, and then the, he the saved first, lives, man. I know. I know. What a fucking ah! Uh, you know and what it is? They just needed someone to blame. They couldn't did, blame did, themselves. Did. What the fuck's going on? So three maintenance workers were suspended. Like as the well. pilot, the pilot doesn't personally check the fuel gauge he has people to do that so they needed someone to fucking blame and oh i hate corporations have you ever, have you ever seen so sully? much I tom hanks's film sully with about it's the um, it's, oh no not it? sully no I, I saw the other one with denzel washington which is also oh. a true story but you know like the whole thing was set around him crashing i didn't see, I didn't see sully so don't don't ruin oh no okay well uh, yeah um <laughs> everyone dies um so uh, in, in in 1985 then Pearson and Quintal were actually awarded the uh, Federation Aeronautique Internationale Diploma for outstanding airmanship. I think they oh, realized okay. they, were, they were seen as heroes. So several attempts by the crews were given the same circumstances as a simulator um, in Vancouver, and all of them crashed. Well, who, who gave them that? Uh, so they, you know, you know when you know, they murdered them? Yeah, uh, no. So you know when there's a plane crash, they can re they can re um, redo what happened in a simulator. To go, okay. Um, it, it, did they make the right choices at this time? So they can black simu- box sort of thing. Yeah, simulate what happened, and you sit in there, and another pilot would go, okay. So my engine's gone. What do I do now? Can I go this far? Um, so they did it, and um, I don't think they they landed anywhere near as well as they did. So um, they realized what they'd done was kind of a miracle, really. I guess in terms of what they could pull off. So Quintal was promoted to captain in 1989. Pearson remained with Air Canada for 10 years, and then he flew for Asiana Airlines. He retired in 1985. Um, in 2008, the 25th anniversary, the pilots were celebrated in a parade in Gimli, and a mural was dedi- uh, dedicated to commemorate the, the landing as well. Um, and the Gimli glider, as the plane became known, was offered at sale for uh, offered for sale at auction by a company called Collectible Cars, and the estimated price was three million, but it only reached 425, so it wasn't sold. Um, but there is a website selling uh parts of the 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 um plane as like souvenirs wow uh it's got ten thousand sequentially numbered luggage tags um for sale but i don't know why you would want to buy luggage tags for your flight <laughs> from a plane that crashed <laughs> so, so gimli now means three things oh no it's a gimlet sorry never mind two things oh, okay. One, one's a dwarf and one's a a, a a small town in ontario 
Oh, I thought that was is it, is it in Serial? I thought that was the name of the pilot. What's no. the name of the pilot again? Um, Gimli is in Manitoba, sorry. Um, the, the pilot was called Pearson. The pilot was called Pearson? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because there's an so, airport called Pearson. Yes, that's named after the Prime Minister, not this pilot. Oh. <laughs> Lester B. Pearson. Right. It's the big right. one in, in... You used to live in Toronto. How did you not know that? I did know that. It didn't, uh, I'm, not, I'm not convinced, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there's a, a permanent exhibit now in Gimli, in, um, opened in June 2017, and there's a flight simulator too, and they sell memorabilia as well. So, okay. that, was the, that was the Gimli glider. Did you like that? It was amazing. Yes. I want our, I want our show to be like this. Less politics, more amazing story. <laughs> <laughs> it is an amazing story. I, I, I would love. I would love. Can you hear that drill? I can. Yeah, someone's drilling. Like you're, who's drilling? So the loudly. neighbors have moved in upstairs, and they they do building work out of hours. Upstairs. Yeah, in my office. Oh, you're still in your office, right? I was I waiting at work to do the records. So. Right. Okay. So you've got upstairs. You've got upstairs neighbors. That sucks. Yeah. Well, you know, it's cool. So, yeah. So, thanks, patrons. Thank you, patrons. We love you. We You're do. Um, and we hope you enjoyed this. And make oh, sure you these tell. Are, make these sure are tell, some incredible should... stories that, like, I, I, I think we should put a push on to get more people to join our patron. Because we, should, like, we don't talk about it. We should. Talk we don't. About we should talk about it. Also, patrons, yeah. pressurize loved ones to sign up. <laughs> Say that if they don't join up as well, you won't love them anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to bring you. I'm not going to bring you a hot meal every Sunday if you don't. <laughs> You're now you're talking about like grandparents who yeah, yeah exactly Jesus Reese, you took it to a whole new level oh my god <laughs> hard to see how you'd be a dick when you're drunk yeah I know exactly <laughs> the the darkness from within creeps out so that's two a.m. Reese is drunk out of his mind off of whiskeys and cocktails well, it got to a point where my my wife you take oh, you take it you take it your cell phone is two in the morning I gotta call grandma and tell her I don't like her anymore <laughs> no I I'm you know when you drink different things and you're a different kind of drunk i do actually different kinds of different kinds of kryptonite makes superman do different things i don't know that actually okay but i i, I there was a time where i started and it was i don't know what happened because it, like it wasn't always like this but a few years back i'd get really like aggressively confrontational when i started drinking beer and after like the third or fourth time that this happened i was like huh that's really fucking weird. And so, do you know what I did? I stopped drinking beer. I, just, yeah. <laughs> I don't well, know. I don't understand people who know that they're a dick on specific types of alcohol, and they keep drinking that specific fucking. I know. Alcohol. I don't get it. <laughs> I, I I love rum. I really love rum. It's good. But my, like my wife, who was my fiance at the time, really just said, "Listen, this is like an intervention. Um, please don't drink rum." Because when I was drunk, I was described as a fun nightmare. <laughs> So I don't really drink rum anymore because she asked me and I love her. Her opinion matters. So a fun nightmare. Yeah. Just 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 going around just doing crazy shit, but laughing my head off insanely the whole time. I have to get drunk with you sometime, Reese. I've known you for four on years rum. and I've been on, rum. on rum. Yeah. We're doing it. We're happy. what's gotta happen. I have to. Oh my just god. Dark rum straight. That's all I, I need. I need some some fucking uh blackmail footage just for my collection 
Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. So yeah. If you want to, if you want to kerosene and want to hang out with a fun nightmare, then you're a fun nightmare. What a lot emphasis emphasis on nightmare. Yeah. The only person having fun was me. So. Anyway, thanks, patrons. Thank you, patrons. We love you so much. Thanks for sticking us sticking around all this time. Like you guys are honestly really awesome, but it's like a little tiny special club. And don't forget, you are our patrons. Meaning, like you get to you own us. You own us. Like honest to God, yeah. like this feed is yours. You can tell us what you want. Like talk about this. Talk. Don't talk about that. More ASMR, please, Jesse. Whatever you want. This is you. This is all you, right? So like, let us know. You know, yeah. email us or just like straight up in patreon.com and just tell us. So, yeah. Thanks, everyone. We'll see thank you, soon. you guys. Yeah. We'll see you guys soon. Bye bye, everybody. We love you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there.